Welcome to the Newtown Big Dreams Podcast, an interview-style talk show that's your gateway to the fabulous and fascinating people who relocated to start a new life. Whether you're new to our podcast or your city, our fellow neighbors from across Canada, North America, and the entire English-speaking world share their stories of reaching new horizons and big dreams. So sit back and relax as we navigate in-depth and intimate conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, executives, creatives, and anyone who can share their story about their new town, Big Dreams. And now, here's your host, Luke J. Menkes. Good morning, everybody. It is May the 11th, 2021. It's 6 o'clock in the morning here on the West Coast. This morning, I am with Julio Gonzalez, and he is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Julio has such an interesting story. He grew up in South Florida. Back before it was crazy populated and dense like it is today. So um, many of you will know this, but I actually went to elementary school in Clearwater, Florida. I sort of grew up in the States. Um, And after we left Clearwater, Florida, we went to Philadelphia and then uh, back to Canada. But every single Christmas since I was tiny, we would drive from Toronto to Fort Lauderdale. So I saw uh, Fort Lauderdale grow over the decades. And you may be old enough to remember in 1980, there was something called the Marielle Boat Lift. Basically what happened was the United States had a policy that if you could get from Cuba to the United States safely and you could reach dry land, they would give you a path to American citizenship. So Fidel Castro at that time decided he was going to open the prisons and the mental hospitals and let everybody get onto boats and to rafts and come to the United States. And there were several hundred thousand people, if I recall correctly, I was quite young, but um, that was a major event in Florida history and U.S. history. Uh, Julio, my guest today, was already living there with his family in a household of 18 family members for generations. And uh, today he's going to tell us about what it was like growing up in those circumstances and how Fort Lauderdale has changed so much in the decades since. Uh, To tell you a little bit about Julio, he is a self-made business leader. He's a CEO and he was a member of President Trump's tax roundtable. So if you uh, follow American politics, you'll know that late 2017, the Trump administration were successful in passing a major tax reform bill. Um, Julio is a tax reform expert, and he is the founder and CEO of Engineered Tax Services, Inc., which is the country's largest specialty tax engineering firm. And uh, they specialize in helping people with tax incentives, IRS compliance, standards, tax issues for all business sizes, starting with small businesses going right up to Fortune 500 firms. So um, Julio's got a take on the economy that is honest, it's refreshing, and he's going to break down the different ways economic policies can hurt Americans and hinder business growth. He's going to talk to us about politics, the economy, and tax issues, 
small business plans and wealth creation. And uh, I found it really interesting that the Trump White House invited Julio to come to Washington to help them directly with that tax reform plan. Julio, thank you for coming on the show today. You're in uh, Fort Lauderdale this morning, and uh, you grew up in Miami in a very large household. Please tell us the story of growing up in Miami. Yeah, I was very fortunate to grow up in Miami in a, you know, Cuban, Puerto Rican household. You know, when you grow up in that kind of neighborhood, it's typically four generations in one household. We had 18 mm. in uh, our house, which was wow. you know, great. Every night, great dinners, right? Rice and beans, plantains. Um, but it was a wonderful, wonderful way to grow up with, you know, four generations in one household. Mm-hmm. And uh, you experienced a lot. So we know um, we've heard about the Mariel Boatlift in 1980 and uh, the Carter administration was a little bit different towards Cuba. So you saw a lot of um, sometimes negative effects from some of this uh, mass immigration that was uncontrolled for a while. Tell us uh, some of those experiences. Well, yeah, you know, President Jimmy Carter <clears throat> back in his time you know, allowed all the uh, prisoners that were released by Castro to come into South Florida. Then we had similar events with other islands, and then you talk about the boat incident. And, you know, our, our neighborhood changed. I think that our neighborhood became infested with crime, with drug lords. I remember every day going to elementary school and being harassed by people to uh, do drugs, sell drugs be part of that. And then, you know, the, the reality is you'd come home and things would be gone from your house. Sometimes your house would be completely cut, cleaned out. They would cut down trees. They would even take your pets. And wow. uh, so it became crime infested. It was, uh, you know, a hard way to grow up. And it was a hard way to watch when that, those things happen and to watch the, you know, your family go through that. You know, as a children, you're just kind of, you know, you're just going with the flow, right? You just don't really understand everything. But you do understand that, you know, you're being harassed all the time. So, I mean, it just changed, literally, within mm -hmm. several years from what I thought was, you know, such a great, charming community to grow up in to, you know, really crime and drugs. Yeah. So you uh, did great in school, but your guidance counselor tried to get you to go to vocational school. What what happened there? You know, I think that was just so representative of, you know, my era, my generation, that if you were Hispanic, if you were Puerto Rican, if you were Cuban, you know, the schools, the elementary schools, the high schools, the junior high schools were always, you know, kind of stereotyping us and pushing us for vocational schools, mechanics, you know, and and doing things like that, which is, you know, a great living and a great way to uh, provide. But here I was getting straight A's in high school and mm. had dreams to be the first one to go to college. And really, you know, the, uh, the uh, counselors at the school would always just push me to go vacational and, you know, and uh, just didn't really give me the thought or the help to get to college. Yeah. So you went to college and um, 
did the guidance counselors tell you you shouldn't do that? And was it discouraging or did you know for sure that's what you were supposed to do? I just, well, listen, uh, you know, no one in my household went to college and, and certainly, Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? Most people in our community did not go to college. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just felt I had a different path. I just felt like I wanted to get away from, you know, South Florida. I wanted to get away from, what the community had become, which was run down from the drugs and crime. And I just wanted something new. I didn't know what that was, but I figured, you know, I would try college. I had good grades. I applied myself. I saw other people that were having a lot of success going to school that were mentors. Mm -hmm. So I just uh, was fortunate to uh, pursue that path. I don't know why that was. I don't know what was the inspiration, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think it just came from within. Right. So uh, tell us, then you went to college, then you started a business in Palm Beach County, I believe. And uh, you went from there all the way to the White House. Yeah, it's it, been a fun journey. I mean, really has. I mean, I, uh, you know, was uh, working for one of the uh, big accounting firms coming out of college and enjoyed that. I got to intern with them when I was in college. And enjoyed that, and I got the opportunity to work with, you know, phenomenal clients that, you know, were always, you know, big public companies that wanted us to always reduce their taxes. And when you did reduce their taxes, they'd tell us to go find more. And Mm. uh, so it was a lot of fun. And then I just figured that, you know, the small businesses in the country didn't have access to these tax credits because no accounting firm was going to have engineers and scientists to do these tax credits for them and their small clients. And so mm-hmm. eventually I just decided to say, hey, there can be um, an industry here. And I wanted to create a new industry in our country that rewarded every small business owner for investing in growing employment, innovation, infrastructure mm-hmm. in the United States. And I thought if Amazon and Microsoft and all these other companies can be rewarded for these tax credits. There's no doubt that every small business owner should be. So I just wanted to be that resource to accounting firms nationwide. And I started that in Palm Beach. I thought that would be a good place to start the company. And, uh, you know, so, you know, today we work with several thousand accounting firms and their clients. We generate over a billion dollars in tax credits a month to make sure that every small business owner is getting rewarded for innovation and creating employment here in the country. But it's not enough, right? The journey's not over. If we're working with 10,000 accounting firms, there's 50,000 out there. So there's still a lot of small businesses out there that don't get to take advantage of these tax credits. So hopefully, you know, being on your show, you know, will help create more education in those regards. For sure. So um, this is something you've been working on for a long time. And at some point, the uh, Trump White House called on you to uh, help with the tax reform. I think it was 2018 or 2017. 2017. So, yeah, it was interesting. I think the the White House was looking for input on the tax reform that they started right at the end of 2016. And, you know, I I got assigned or appointed, you know, by the uh, White House to be one of the people they were relying on for you know, tax reform advice. So, you know, it was great to, you know, have that dedication from the White House. And, 
Yeah, it was great to be working with everyone in the White House. I worked with everyone in Congress on Ways and Means, which is where we write tax laws in the House and with Senate Finance in the Senate side. And mm-hmm. got to meet all the senators, all the congressmen. And we worked really hard on, you know, working on a plan, their plan. And then I would obviously give my input as a business owner and as the tax expert on what I thought of their plan. And we had to revise it. It took a year. We didn't get health care done. So that was strike one against, you know, their... Um, you know, their team, and we had to get tax reform done. And we were able to, really, what we wanted to do is get income tax rates lower. And so we were successful in that. And I continue to work every day with the White House and with Congress to help craft good tax laws, especially for small business owners. Mm -hmm. So today, um, how can I start a small business in the United States? What are some of the steps I need to be aware of? Yeah, I I think, you know, what a great question. If you have a dream and you want to be your own boss and you want to start your own company, you know, I think it starts with, you know, having, you know, savings, right? I think the biggest thing is to save some money so that you can give yourself, you know, several months to be successful. It takes, you know, you open the door. It doesn't happen automatically. Have some savings, maybe start it on the side as you have your own career going. So maybe you're working on it at night. I think also getting great mentor. So if, if you came to me with that question, I would say, let's find people in the industry that you want to be in, that you want to start your company. Let's find mentors that are very successful and can give you advice. That's so helpful, right? So having savings, having great mentors and creating a business plan and executing on those business plans, I think are things that are really good steps to starting your own business. And I'd be mm-hmm. curious how you started your own as well. Right. So um, the, uh, the tax bill p- passed up leave late 2017. And what are some of the incentives now uh, that were implemented for Americans and small businesses with regards to their taxes? Yeah, I think some of the things we did that were successful is we got the income tax rate down for small businesses mm-hmm. so that they could retain more profit so that they were able to invest in right. employment and uh, their businesses. We did immediate expensing on uh, equipment supplies so that they could write these uh, investments off immediately so that they could help them preserve their wealth through more expenses on their tax return. And we created credits. We, incl- we um, created employment tax credits. We created innovation tax credits so that they were rewarded through refunds of their labor costs to uh, create that type of employment here in the country. So we did a lot, but those are certainly some of the highlights. Okay. So a lot of people that I talk to seem to be pretty confused about what's going on with this new administration. Uh, Has a lot of these tax changes reverted back? Like, has the Biden administration uh, eliminated some of these tax incentives, or is it exactly the same as last year? No, I would say that the the tax law right now is the same as it was last year. Obviously, we had some stimulus tax changes because of COVID and the CARES Act, which were only uh, done to enhance small business owners and individuals and help them get through this pandemic. But none of the tax laws have changed now. You know, they're working on changing the tax code, 
and I would guess that they would get that done sometime in October for next year. So the tax code this year should be similar. Tax code next year will probably change quite a bit as they're working on mm-hmm. tax code changes. And, and really, I think the big changes are going to be increased income tax rates, in, increased tax rates on capital gains, some elimination of tax expenses. So I think, but I think it's all going to focus on raising income tax rates. Okay. So tell us um, some of the differences between red states and blue states and how economic policies affect uh, income and wealth distribution between the different states. Yeah, I, I think the biggest, <clears throat> the biggest difference between red and blue states is that a lot of the red states have no income tax, right? And they have low taxes on all related you know, properties tangible goods. So I think that's the big difference, right? They have less regulation. And a big difference during the pandemic was that they were much more open and allowed businesses to maintain activity. So massive differences. We see that because, right, the blue states like California, Illinois, New York are losing quite a bit of businesses, right? They're moving to red states. Why? I think it's really because of income tax rates. I mean, California, New York, Illinois, some of these other blue states have raised their taxes during COVID because of the bigger deficit gap because they didn't open up, right? So mm-hmm. more taxes to the individuals, more taxes to the businesses, and we see what happens. And so I'm afraid with the new tax changes at the federal level, we increase income tax rates. We may see more businesses go back offshore that came back. Mm-hmm. So what's, uh, what's the situation like in Florida when it comes to COVID? Is it pretty much wide open? now or there's still parts that are kind of locked down and you know florida has been wide open you would uh you know walk out the store in my office here and not know that there's any pandemic going on it's been open for quite Mm. some time which has been good for the small business owner right because the restaurant owners were able to be open schools have been open so that's been helpful for people to go back to work and uh i think we've done a good job here, allowing businesses to uh, survive. Mm-hmm. So if someone is missing a stimulus check that they were expecting, what could they do? Well, great news here. All right. So when you're getting ready to file your tax return for last year, mm-hmm. line item 33, you can put in all the stimulus payments that you, your spouse, your children did not receive. Mm-hmm. And that will be now refunded to you within your tax return. So. If you missed all those payments, the good thing is we can catch it up and get it into this tax return filing, and uh, hopefully within a short period of time, you can get that money so desperately needed that you missed. All right. So uh, do you think there's going to be more stimulus money? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the infrastructure bill is being you know, reviewed in Congress and Senate. I think there's uh, quite a bit of stimulus money in there for individuals, for also, uh, you know, the government, schools. So I think there's going to be significant stimulus money coming out of the infrastructure bill, bill and the Family Act Care bill. And uh, you will probably see those within another uh, 30 days. Okay. And um, are the PPP loans still available for small businesses and how does one go about 
uh, starting the process to get a PPP loan? Yeah. Well, you know, here, unfortunately, the PPP loans uh, stopped taking applications last week. But the SBA still has the 7A loans. They have um, small business loans. So you can still go online to the SBA.gov. And although the PPP loans have been shut down now, there's uh, many other programs. There's other grants as well. So check the uh, Chamber of Commerce, United States Chamber of Commerce for grants, and also your local chamber for money that the states and counties receive from the PPP funding to uh, lend out locally. And of course, there's other, uh, you know, Main Street lending programs. So there are still, fortunately, programs out there available to small businesses. Okay. So if I've got um, some surplus cash in my business, what's the best way to invest that to get the most tax savings? Is it real estate or insurance or what do you think? I think no doubt it could be real estate. And I'll say this. I mean, real estate is one of the few investments in the country that you get to expense. If you buy stocks, you buy bonds, you don't get to expense it. But if your business buys real estate, you get to expense it. And through a cost segregation study, you can expense most of that purchase immediately. So it's a great tax benefit. Hopefully you get good rents. Also, you get you know, um, you know, some increase in the value, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think all those things are, make real estate a good investment. Right. Um, when you were working on the tax reform, did you get to meet President Trump? Yeah, I definitely have met President Trump at the White House. I've met him here in uh, Palm Beach several mm-hmm. times. And uh, I've seen him a lot lately because he's been in Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looks like he's doing good. I think he has a plan to help the uh, Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'll probably start seeing a lot more of him uh, in the uh, summer. Nice. Excellent. So uh, tell us about your website, engineeredtaxservices.com, and uh, what we can find at that site. Yeah, thank you for that. So engineeredtaxservices.com, we put up tips routinely on how to have take advantage of the uh, grants, the tax credits, stimulus money, what's coming up in the stimulus plan so that all small businesses can take advantage of these special incentives. So it really is a, you know, a place to find good education. And again, um, you know, we're here to work with you and your accounting firm and your CPA firm, find all the tax credits available to you that you should be getting and rewarded for the activity that you do here. Mm -hmm. uh, So hopefully it can be a helpful place for you to find more information on all the tax incentives. Excellent. So we'll definitely send our audience to that website. And uh, I really want to thank you for your time this morning. It's uh, been really interesting. And uh, I'm always uh, interested to talk to someone who actually met the president in person. So I'm a huge fan of his. And um, anything you can do to help small business, I think is a great thing because we know it's the the driver of most uh, wealth creation in north america so we appreciate that well we appreciate all you do and thank you so much thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode of the newtown big dreams podcast 
with your host, Luke Minkus, and his authentic guests. And we love our listeners and hope you subscribe now to learn more about the amazing journeys of our incredible guests who relocated to find a new town, big dreams. And remember, make your dreams big. Thank <laughs> you.